Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Teaching Tales. We have reached a half a dozen episodes, and if this is your first time listening, just a little bit of background about the podcast. First of all, I am Brent Coley, your host, and some background about me. I started my career in education as a fourth and fifth grade teacher. I taught for 15 years before moving into administration. I spent two years as an assistant principal at the middle school level, and I'm now in year four serving as the principal of Alta Murrieta Elementary in beautiful Southern California. And the idea of this podcast is each week I have on a different guest, and we have an informal chat and share stories about our experience as educators and share the lessons that we have learned from those experiences. We've had classroom teachers, administrators. Last episode, we had my superintendent. And today, I have, I'm gonna, it's pretty safe to say, the best guest that I've ever had and ever will have, but I'm a little biased because this guest is my dad, Don Coley. Dad, hi. Well, I don't know how to, I don't know how to go along with that intro. That's, that's very nice of you. You want to stop right there? We'll just, all right, thanks Why for not? listening, everyone. No. We're good. No, so, but... Um, I know, Dad, when I, when I called you or texted you about the idea for this podcast, about I wanted to share stories, I, do you remember what you said? Everybody has stories. Everybody has stories. And one of the things that you also said was you could have a whole bunch of different people on. I think mm-hmm. you used the word wild card. I don't consider you a wild card because when I said, hey, Dad, I want you to be on my next episode, you texted back. Do you remember what you said? Well, I was, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to, to, to move myself into the lineup there, but, um, <laughs> but, but I figured it would take a wild card for, for me there because I'm not an educator. I, I respectfully disagree with my, with my father, and I think my response text to you said something like, "We're going to need to spend some time to let everyone know why you have a non-educator on the thing," and I, my response was, "Not." The classroom is not the office of every educator or something like that. So give listeners, yes, you're not a classroom teacher, but you are a teacher. Along with mom, you have taught me more than any teacher that I've ever had and ever will have. Tell listeners, so give them, a, you're not a classroom teacher, but what is your background? Well, my, my classroom is the world, I guess. It's, uh, it's the world of business. I'm a, a Vietnam veteran. I, uh, I have bachelor's and master's degrees in psychology. And from there, I went into uh, the field of business. Um, I've always been involved in church and have taught in church. Uh, and so I had that, uh, you know, that, that was a significant part of my background. And for the last 10 years, a little more than 10 years, I've served as the administrator of an organization called Teen Challenge. Uh, I work in Southern California, and so we have about uh, 600 beds. That's a Christian drug and alcohol recovery program, a residential program. So I serve there basically operating on the, on the business side. They let me teach every once in a while, uh, and so I have an opportunity to talk to people about life. Fantastic, and I and I've listened to you and seen you teach at church, and and I have met people that you work with that that didn't know that I was your son, and you definitely have taught them um, a lot. 
but when it was we were what was it red robin a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago mm-hmm. we were we were kind of talking about well what do you want to talk about what do you want to talk about and you said well, how about if I tell you a story about when you were in high school? Yeah, the only story I had was a story about you, and you didn't even remember it. I, so, so I thought, you know what? Listeners would probably ha- enjoy having my dad tell me about. So, it's not too embarrassing, I don't think. So, go ahead, tell us, t- tell the story of when I was in high school. Well, well, let me let me kind of set it up a little bit. That that uh, the one thing that I've learned is that if a if a person wants to have a long term influence in the life of another. Uh, oftentimes they they mistakenly think that they can accomplish that through the position they're in or the authority that they have over that person, and 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 I believe that that's that's uh, erroneous. That the, mm-hmm. the the way to have lasting influence is through establishing relationship, uh, to recognize that 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 both me as an educator and and the, and and a student or people that that we come in contact with. We all have needs, and the best way to try to, to, to have influence is to, to meet both of those needs. So the story is, uh, goes back to, uh, uh, to a, a dance, a school dance, that, uh, that you wanted to go to. And we lived on the, kind of the coast of Southern California in Encinitas, and you were dating somebody that was, uh, lived over uh, inland. And, and the... Uh, it required a, a, a late night coming home on a very dangerous uh, road with an inexperienced driver, and your mother didn't take too kindly for that. No. For those for those in Southern California, San Diego, San Diego area, Del Dio's Highway. Yes, an extremely windy, no guardrails, anything like that. So, yes. So, so anyway, the the. Um, when I came into the picture, the the solution that had been proposed because you were you were an inexperienced driver, the the solution that that had been proposed would be that uh, that you would be chauffeured to, and your you and your date would be chauffeured to the to the to the dance and back. Uh, Brent, I'm not sure that that's exactly what a 17 year old you know is looking for. Yeah, I didn't I didn't remember this story when you when you kind of talked about it. But I can pretty much. I don't. I don't think I would have been too keen on the idea of of having mom or dad drive me and my date to the dance. Well, you know, later on you start thinking about double dating, but you didn't really want your mom no, and dad going no. with, with with that no. that group. No. So anyway, we we talked and and um, and I propose. I you know I've, I've been a seventeen year old, so boy, and uh, and so I. I Took a look at it, and and the solution was, you needed uh, you needed to to be seen as a, as a young man, a maturing young man, and that that a chauffeur was not the answer to that. Your mother had a need of of safety on a on a, uh, a highway that wasn't particularly, uh, um, you know, moving in that direction. So, the um, the solution was that that you would drive. And you would go, and you would return home, and take your date back home, and I would take an, the other car and drive over. That's it was about a 35, 40 minute mm-hmm. drive. I would drive over at approximately the time that you'd be returning home, and you could meet me over there, park the car, we'd drive home, and then the next morning we would uh, go back and pick up the car, and and your mother's needs for safety would be satisfied and your need as a as a young man uh, out on a date would be satisfied as well and the result of that was relationship and i think we've uh, i think i'm i have of all the things 
that I'm grateful for in life, having the influence, continued influence in the lives of, of my two sons, you and Greg as well, is uh, maybe the biggest blessing that I could have. Well, and as you were telling me that story at Red Robin and hearing it again, it's that word respect. Like you said, I wanted to, you needed to feel like a young man and, and there was there was a respect there, not compromising. I mean, because now, as a father myself of two, looking back on it, yeah, I wouldn't have let me drive that road in the, <laughs> late at night either. So, but but it was it was a win win situation. But I remember at Red Robin saying, "So how did it turn out?" And what? Well, well, actually, I came home and talked to your mom on oh. that one, and and you didn't you didn't go I, on that with I it. didn't even it, go on the date. It didn't happen. <laughs> so, so it's uh, all hypothetical. Okay, okay. Well. Yeah, that, that's, again, I, I, the word respect, as you were telling me that, and I knew we were going to talk about relationships and respect and how you said that without a relationship, it, it, it doesn't matter. I said in our last episode when I talked with our superintendent, Pat Kelly, I mentioned the TED Talk by Rita Pearson, a former, a former teacher who said that kids don't learn from people they don't like. And, and it reminded me... I wanted to share a couple quick stories of relationships and attempts to build relationships. I want to share one positive one where I think I, I did an okay job, mm-hmm. but one where I did not do an okay job. And we could all share examples of both. And that's, we learn from our failures. If you don't fail, you don't, if you're not failing, you're not growing. So the first story, when I was an assistant principal at the middle school, we had, there was a student who who had, he had a difficult time with respect sometimes. He, he tended to, he had a temper, and sometimes when he got upset, he would pop off a little bit and be less than respectful towards some adults. In particular, there was a particular supervisor that he, he didn't get along with. And I remember on one particular day, there was another episode, and I remember pulling him aside after the fact, and I just asked him, I said, why, 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 why do you feel that you need to do that? Why, why do you talk to him like that? And I will never forget what he said. He looked at me and he said, Mr. Coley, you respect me, so I give you respect. Mrs. Key, our principal, she respects me, I give her respect. The supervisor, he doesn't respect me, so I don't give him respect. Now, out of the mouths of an eight of an eighth grader, that it was all about relationships. Now, while I did not agree with his behavior, and we, I made that very clear. You can't talk like that. There's consequences. I did it in a way that he at least saw that I, I was trying to connect with him. I was trying to build a relationship. And regardless, I don't know what had happened with that other supervisor, but in his eyes, he did not feel mm-hmm. that that supervisor had tried to make a relation had tried to cultivate a relationship with him tried to show him that he cared and that was the result again that in his mind to get respect you got to give respect and and if the supervisor was trying to influence the behavior by using authority he wasn't going just authority he wasn't going to get where he needed to go which reminds me what you just said I, i've mentioned this to you before Lou Holtz, the former mm-hmm. coach of Notre, Notre Dame, South Carolina, I, I saw an interview with him when he was recollect, uh, recalling when he got the job at, North, at Notre Dame. 
and he said that the it was after the interview and he'd just gotten the job and the the gentleman who was he was talking with brought him down to the the locker room and he looked he looked coach Holtz in the eyes and he said I can make you the coach of this team cuz coach is a title and titles come from above but I can't make you the leader of this team because players will choose who they will follow mm-hmm. a business card a nameplate on the door means nothing like you said camp campus supervisor he didn't care <laughs> I don't care what you are. I mean, I care, do you care about me? And if you don't, unfortunately, the the results were oftentimes less than positive. The other quick story I wanted to talk about. So so the issue, issue with that eighth grader was I was trying to build a relationship. And while we had some difficulties, he knew that I cared about him. And I got along well with him. He He spoke respectfully with me. The other story I wanted to tell was a time where I blew it, Dad. Fortunately, it was in the first year of my teaching career, so I learned from it. And it's another one of those situations that I will never forget. It was an afternoon after lunch one day. We were in our classroom. Kids had come back. They were uh, silently reading afterwards, and I was getting ready for, for a lesson. I had one of my students who was back working on the computer. The computer. <laughs> Because <laughs> that, that's a few years back. It was about the size of the iPad screen that, that I have in front of me right now as well. It, it was in, there was no internet. I don't know what she was doing, but it wasn't internet. Actually, she was working on a little typing program, if I recall. But I remember being up at the front of the room, and, and the student, she walked up to me, and she kind of whispered while everyone else was quietly reading, and she just kind of pulled me aside, and she said, Mr. Coley, I wet my pants. And I remember thinking, oh, no. And I, I kind of whispered just quietly. No one else could hear. I said, oh, no, I'm sorry. I said, sweetie, why, why didn't you ask me to go to the bathroom? <sighs> and I'll never forget what she said because she looked me right in the eyes and she said, I thought you'd say no. Nicely done, huh, Dad? <laughs> I had a fourth grade. I was teaching fourth grade because I, I remember when I was in, creden- in my credential program, I wanted to be the te- I wanted to have good classroom management because I know that without good, cl- good classroom mm-hmm. management, maximum learning can't take mm-hmm. place. If the kids aren't listening, it doesn't matter what you're saying type thing. And as a principal now, I can walk into classrooms and you can tell very quickly what the engagement level is. So I was striving to have structure and organization and good management. But on that day, my, my striving, my quest for having good control and management overpowered a relationship that should have been built. And I had a fourth grader, a nine-year-old, who wet her pants because she didn't feel comfortable mm-hmm. to ask me to go to the bathroom. I thought you'd say no. So, I mean, the lesson that I, I mean, and again, I'm so glad that that happened my first year of teaching because it was a slap across the face, a reminder of, hey, Brent, yeah, management's important, but relationships are are the ultimate because, again, without them, they, it's learning's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, it, you're 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 right, and the uh, that's that's a that's a difficult one because because we have all failed, 
we have all had a relationship where we've done something wrong. We all, you know, can, can tend to beat ourselves up, and yet what you did was take that as a positive and alter your behavior as, as a result of it going forward so that you're sensitive to that, you know, that, that it wouldn't happen again. Yeah. And, and again, classroom management is important. And for anybody listening, I mean, I'm, the messages here don't care about classroom management. No, no, that's not the message. But balancing between these are not numbers on a roster. These aren't just names. They're people. They're people that when they come into your classroom want to feel safe, mm -hmm. want to feel comfortable, want to feel that you care for them. I mean, I'm just popping into my head now a a story as an adult in my master's program because when they feel cared for students will do I mean you've seen this I know you as I mentioned earlier I've seen people that you work with that didn't know I was your son and the stories that they told while you weren't their classroom teacher whether it's seeing them on campus walking walking by asking them how they're doing they they just gushed about you and it wasn't something like wow he taught me x y or z it was he cares about me well this this is not what we talked about before but how much have you learned on the golf course with me <laughs> you've you've what's the most important shot in golf the, the next, next one. one. The next the one. The next yeah. shot yeah. in golf. It doesn't make any difference what happened back then. And and the reality is that, that our lives teach more than our words ever will. Because people will will listen to our words and judge them against our lives. And if there is an inconsistency there, mm -hmm. it will ring hollow and that will that will mean that the value of those words is lessened. And as an educator, you know, your job, my job as a as a supervisor, as an administrator, is to is to to accomplish things, to have to have that influence, to to get the teaching that they need to have, uh, to have it land mm -hmm. and and be grasped. Yeah, they'll, they'll. Yeah, my job now as a principal is. Yeah, I have a lot of responsibilities, budget and stuff like that. But it's people first. It has. To be people first because if they know you care they'll do they'll run through a wall for you I mean I'm reminded of one of my professors in college my first my first class of my master's program dr. Andrea Guillaume Andrea if you're listening you made a huge impact on my life not because of what you taught me although you taught me a ton but I remember it was a statistics class not particularly the most um, exciting class I've ever taken. Um, but I remember in the class, I, I want to say that I'd only missed like three points in the whole class. But at the end of the class, the final was optional. She gave the students an option that, hey, if you'd like, like if you already have an A, you can, you can skip the final and just take your A. Dad, do you think I took the final? I'm putting you on the spot I'm here. Gonna, I'm going to stay, gonna I'm stay, gonna stay, stay, stay silent. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I took the final. I'd only missed three. I didn't have to take the final because I already had the A. But there was no way on this green earth that I was going to let down my teacher because 
of what she meant to me in terms of she, she cared about her students, adult students, not nine-year-olds, adult students. And I didn't want her to let her down because she was more than teaching statistics. She was also building relationships and, and, and cared about her students. So her, her actions, like you said, backed up her words, mm-hmm. her backed up her words. So anything else? E- yeah, there's that okay. thing that we talked about. We talked about before, oh. you know that that um, we talked about a bus driver, yeah. a school bus driver, and and since this is going to go out to educators, I mean, we talked bef- before you started recording. Mm-hmm. They got a t- more difficult job than a substitute oh, teacher, and the substitute teacher doesn't have a chance, no. you know. <laughs> but um, but but we have a friend, and I read a Facebook post to you. We have a friend named Lonnie who was a school bus driver for 35 years mm-hmm. and is now in his final days of life uh, and uh, in, actually was sent home from hospice. They, they kicked him out of hospice, he says, so maybe he'll, maybe he'll make it. But watching on Facebook or reading some, some posts on Facebook, uh, uh, a woman who, who, uh, who said that she, she, she boarded his bus 40 years ago and then she just talked about the influence that he made in her life, mm. that he is the godfather of their children. Why? Because he cared for her. His life demonstrated what all of us need to do if we're, if we're going to bring healing to a country that is divided mm-hmm. and, with it has, and has differences of opinion, that we need to be civil in them and, and civility in 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 the way we live our lives can 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 move us in that direction mm-hmm. and uh, Lonnie's a special man to drive a bus <laughs> that was his classroom he had a classroom on wheels yeah. and he was a man who made a difference absolutely 40 years later mm-hmm. 40 years later yeah so the message is for those of you listening, whether your classroom is a four walls, brick and mortar, a classroom on wheels, a classroom dad like like you have, the if the world is your classroom, teach your students, but more importantly, love your students. Show them, not just tell them, show them that you care about them, and that is what they'll remember. They're not model for them the way you would like to be seen. Amen. Amen. Well, Dad, thank you. This was uh, a privilege, as always, and we can hit stop and then go back to watching Pebble Beach uh, golf. Well, but you have to say, oh, that's, you know, thanks, Mom and Dad, for listening, because I did listen to Lisa a couple of weeks ago, and I'll listen to Pat okay. next week, because I just want everybody out there to know that Mom and Dad do listen, because we're proud of uh, what you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So, thank you, Mom. We'll have you on for a future episode. And thank you for listening, uh, everyone out there. We appreciate uh, some of the the kind words for people who are listening. If you have not already, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Teaching Tales is the name of the podcast again. We're also in Google Play. Or you can find uh, find the podcast on my website, brentcoley.com, B-R-E-N-T-C-O-L-E-Y.com. And if you like what you hear, Uh, drop us a review. I would appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll listen to... I was going to say, we'll see you next week. I won't see you next week. I'll hear you, or you'll hear me next week. Have a good one.